0: Good morning, friends. Today's message is, where is Jesus when we need him? This comes from a story found in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. It's the two men on the way to Emmaus. You probably know that story, two men on that road to Emmaus. It's a little village about seven miles from Jerusalem. One disciple is named Cleopas, and we don't know the name of the other guy. As they walk along the dusty road, they leave Jerusalem far behind. Now They were followers of the man called Jesus, that rabbi from Nazareth, the teacher, the miracle worker. For a long time, they'd followed, and they had truly believed. And then came the terrible events on Friday. Jesus had been crucified, and after his death, he was buried in a tomb. Although he had heard rumors about the tomb that had been found empty early that morning, they could not and they would not and did not believe the wild stories about the resurrection. I mean, how had this happened? I mean, if he truly was God's son, how could it happen? I mean, it's Sunday, Jesus is dead and they're going home. Their question is ours, only slightly rephrased. Where is Jesus when we need him? As they walked and talked, I'm sure they did a lot of reminiscing. I mean, they must have talked about the time uh, the guy was uh, lowered on a pallet through the roof. Or maybe they talked about the time when Jesus took five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000 men. They they probably even wondered how Jesus could raise Lazarus and then just a few days later be killed himself. If you've ever walked away from a funeral so hurt that you could not speak... If you have loved and been deeply hurt, tried and failed, believed and then been disappointed, you know what it's like for these two disciples. Now, there's a rather easy way to outline this story. It goes this way, two men, three men, two men. See, everything you need to know is in those three phrases. Two men walked deep in their sorrow and despair when a stranger joins and walks with them. And when he leaves, they are changed forever. I mean, first, their hearts are burdened then their hearts are burning, and then their hearts are bursting. Such is the power of the risen Jesus. See, this is an Easter message of hope for all who feel confused and uncertain. It is also a message for those who feel abandoned by the Lord. But because he rose from the dead, Jesus is with us always, everywhere, at all times, in every situation. But let's be honest, sometimes we can't recognize him. Verse 16 of our text says that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Now, why didn't they know it was Jesus? I mean, after all, they were his disciples. Well, there are a lot of answers that have been given. Some people said they didn't expect him, so they didn't recognize him. Others say that it happened at sunset, so they were confused by the fading light. But the text kind of gives us a different time. It, It was a supernatural veiling of their eyesight so that they saw a man but did not know it was Jesus. Every part of this story is true to human nature as we know it. There's even a touch of humor in that Jesus is with them, and they think he's dead. And as they walk with the stranger, they said, he used to do this, or you should have been there. I mean, he could walk on water. He was so kind. We never met anyone like him. And finally, I can't believe he's gone. On they walk, the two men talking the stranger listening intently. And finally he breaks in and says, what are you talking about? The question kind of perplexes the two men because everyone in Jerusalem knew about the crucifixion of Jesus. Aren't you, the are you the only one who hasn't heard? And so they tell the story, their words, a combination of love and grief and pride and sorrow and belief and doubt. You know, he was such a good man. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He we know he was a prophet but he ran into trouble with the chief priest we heard he was betrayed they beat him until he couldn't stand they put a crown of thorns on his head they laughed at him now everything they said about jesus was in the past tense which is how we normally speak of the dead i mean they still loved him still believed in him as best as they could and they clung to every memory. But crucifixion could not make and crucifixion could not make them stop loving, but they could not square the events of the past 48 hours with their faith that he was the son of God. He was God's son. They were disappointed disciples who felt their face slipping away with every step on the road to Emmaus. They had heard the rumors of an empty tomb. But what did that mean? I mean, no one had seen Jesus yet, or so they assumed. See, there comes a time in life when you must face the facts and deal with reality so ends the sad tale of Jesus, who had a promising beginning. I mean, they believed in Jesus, and he let them down. The third day was almost gone, and Jesus was nowhere to be found. Bring down the curtain, it's all over now. That's what good Friday looks like without Easter. Without the resurrection, friends, the cross is nothing but a story without a moral, a drama that ends before, before the final act. But let's acknowledge that sometimes we are also slow to believe. As the two disciples pour out their confusion and despair, Jesus listens patiently. When they're finished telling of their broken dreams and dashed hopes, he begins to speak, and he calls them fools, which simply means that they were slow to apply the truth they had already know they should have already known. And, and he says that they are slow of heart to believe what the prophets had said. He rebukes them for one thing, and only one thing, for failing to understand and apply the scriptures. He didn't chew them out for leaving Jerusalem and walking back home. He doesn't criticize their doubt or condemn their confusion. All of that was perfectly understandable, given the circumstances and the fragmentary information they received. But he tells them that they should have known, they should have believed what God had already said. And this leads to what we might call the very first Bible conference. He tells them plainly that it was necessary for Jesus to die and suffer, suffer and die on the cross. What seemed like the ultimate miscarriage of justice turns out to be the Father's plan to glorify His Son. Jesus was no victim being led against His will to the cross. No one took His life. He laid it down. See, the cross was not an accident. It was part of God's plan from the beginning. That's why the prophets and the poets wrote about it. I mean, there are clues littered throughout the Old Testament that the Messiah would suffer and die and would enter his glory. Let me give you a few. Genesis 3, Genesis 22, 2 Samuel chapter 7. Psalm 16, Psalm 22, Psalm 69, Psalm 110, Psalm 118, Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9, Isaiah 53, Zechariah chapter 12, Zechariah 13, and Zechariah chapter 14. So all I'm saying, friends, is don't miss the point. The whole Bible testifies to Jesus. And as the afternoon of that first Easter Sunday wore on, the two disciples listened as this third man, this stranger they didn't recognize, explained how the scriptures all pointed to jesus now friends we must not make the mistake, same mistake these two disciples made or else we too will be fools and slow of heart to believe the old testament is full of jesus he is on every page he is the true theme of the old testament by type by teaching by sacrifice and by prophecy i mean he was the prophet greater than moses He's the priest greater than Aaron. He's the king greater than David. He's the captain greater than Joshua. He is the seed of the woman, the fulfillment of the brass serpent, the goal of all sacrifices, the true meaning of the tabernacle. He's the kinsman, redeemer, the scapegoat, the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. He's the great high priest who lives to intercede for us. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah, the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. If you want to find Jesus... Open your Bible, because the whole book is about him. If you want to understand the Bible, look for Jesus. He's there on every page. He's the theme of every book from Genesis to Revelation. See, I find great encouragement from this story. Where is Jesus when you need him? Well, he is with us even when we are slow to believe. Yet sometimes, let's be honest, he seems to leave us. Verses 28 to 32 point a touching picture of Jesus eating supper with Cleopas and the other disciple. Remember, they still don't know who he is. They think they've stumbled upon a stranger who knows everything there is to know about the the Old Testament, the Bible. They have no idea it's Jesus. Now, there is one little phrase in verse 28 that we should not overlook. It says, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. The word acted means pretended. That's kind of an interesting thought. Was Jesus trying to deceive his own disciples? No, that can't be right. Was Jesus planning on leaving his disciples alone on the road of doubt? No, but he makes them think he's going to leave them behind so that they will invite him to stay. Now think about that for a moment. Our Lord sometimes seems to leave us so that we will ask him to stay. He seems to leave us behind so that we will seek him even more. Now those days when we feel alone and confused are part of God's plan to wean us away from the things of this world and to bring us to a place where we say, O Lord, it is you and you alone that I seek. Now as you read this text, note what happens next. Jesus comes in when he is invited. He eats with them and then he vanishes as soon as he is recognized. And then note this carefully. Jesus disappears, but not until his two disciples recognized him now think about it this way he came in because they asked him he broke bread that he might have fellowship with them and he left because they no longer needed his personal presence why did he leave so suddenly well the answer is this he didn't leave them at all he simply became invisible I mean, leaving implies a change of geography, but it's not as if Jesus moved to a different location. He appeared to them on the road, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Even when he taught them the scriptures, he still did not reveal himself to them. Only in the course of sharing a meal together did Cleopas and his friend recognize who he was, and then he vanished. Like I said, it doesn't mean he left them. It simply means they could no longer visibly see him. And I think this is the point of this whole story. Just because you don't see Jesus doesn't mean he isn't there. Just because you can't feel him doesn't mean he's left you. Just because you think you're all alone doesn't mean he's no longer by your side. You see, friends, once you know Jesus is alive, you have certainty in your heart. There's no need for him to stay any longer. He stays long enough for them to believe, but no longer. Now, there are times when we all say, Lord Jesus, it would be wonderful if you just stay a while longer. And the Lord answers back, You know, my child, I'm with you even though you think I'm gone. So, where is Jesus when we need him? Well, he's with us even though he seems to leave us. That's a profound insight of our text. Because Jesus is alive, he is with us even when we don't know it. He is with us when we think we are walking alone through the darkest valleys of life. And even when we have given up all hope, we discover that he was with us when we needed him the most. You see, when you come to the conviction that Jesus is alive, everything changes. That's why the two disciples couldn't wait to get back to Jerusalem. Even though it was late in the evening, they had to go back and tell the others what they had heard and seen. And once you encounter Jesus, nothing will ever be the same again. See, friends, if Jesus is alive, there's no time to waste. If he's alive, everything we believe is true. If he's alive, then death has been defeated. If Jesus is alive, then heaven is more than a dream. If Jesus is alive, then our sins are already forgiven. If Jesus is alive, then all of his promises are true. And if he's alive, then we can never truly be alone again. Where's Jesus when we need him most? He is with us because he is risen from the dead. He is gone in terms of his physical presence on the earth, but he's more with us now than he was when he was here. Now, how do I know that's true? Because of the very last verse of Matthew's gospel you probably know it matthew 28 verse 20 i am with you always to the end of the age friends he is with us always even though we do not recognize him even though we can't find him even though we are slow to believe even though he seems to leave us all of this is true because jesus is risen from the dead he is gone from our sight so that we might now see him by faith. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.